0: It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette and media sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217 217- Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly
1: Good evening everybody and welcome to the show We're with you until 6 o'clock this evening Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS Phone line is open 356-9397 If you would like to join us Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette is here Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen as well We've Love to hear from you, folks. If you'd like to join us on the telephones between now and six, coming up at five thirty, we'll talk things over with former Illinois basketball player Tom Michael, now the head man down at EIU, the Eastern Illinois University Athletic Director, will join us for a few minutes at five thirty. Matthew, how are you getting along today?
2: Doing well. Uh, closely following as the Big Ten turns. Uh,
1: it's kind of like to, as the stomach turns. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're trying to play off a old soap opera, there, even though I was never much a fan of soap operas back in the day. Do they even have those on anymore? Yeah, they still do. They do. Okay. Yeah, you're
0: just not at home to watch them during
2: the middle of the day. It's all right, Sky Ritchie, Your mic wasn't on. To I, I think to Jim Rosso
3: is a big fan of those. Really? Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. All right. I'll, I'll as the I'll ask that turns.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean we're just in a holding pattern on on Big Ten football, and uh, it's just the topsy-turvy nature of 2020, I guess, as uh, rumors start and uh, anonymous sources are, are quoted, and as we wait to wait for the official word that it looks like, by all intents and purposes, as we sit here at, what, about 5.15 or so on Monday, September 14th, that I think you're going to have Big Ten football in 2020, but I'm of kind of the mindset that I'll believe it when the ball is actually kicked off in the air. In well, that's true. <laughs> Two teams are actually playing each other.
1: That's the second part of that story. They may vote to do it. And then by the time mid October or whatever date they decide on comes, who knows what's going to happen. But you're right about the anonymous sources and um, different rumors. There were rumors that Michigan and Michigan State wouldn't play. There were rumors that Rutgers wasn't going to play. The other side well,
2: of the Well, you could make the case is Rutgers really going to play anyway?
1: Well, so.
3: that's true. They're going to be better, by the way. Maybe not Eventually. this year. The Eventually. of Greg bet, right? He... Immediate turnaround, <laughs> <laughs> and not they're not going to go to. Well, who knows if there's going to be bowls? Well,
2: that's the thing is, there, are there going to be bowls this I year? I mean, the the, the oh, red bo- the balls. red box bowl that Illinois played in last year already bit the dust. That, that happened a couple months ago. That's not going to happen.
3: They'll they'll be something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you could do. Honestly, you could do all sorts of options. You could just have a know the game against it. You know, pick pick two teams. ACC number five. Yeah, I, I heard 10 this idea five. bandied about a couple about, months ago. Like uh,
2: you know, making the traditional non-conference rivalries that we took for granted. You know, Missouri, before. Illinois again, non traditional rivalries that actually matter in college football. Uh like USC Notre Dame. That'd be cool. Um uh, that's the only one that's coming to mind right that now. That won't
3: work work we well less back Well home I'm home saying home like fish. that could be yeah. their, that
2: could be like a bowl game for That'd be cool. programs like that and, instead of, you know, a random big twelve team playing a Pac twelve team Except with no historical significance.
3: Notre Dame will be in the playoff, I believe, if they Given their schedule, I think they'll be in the playoff. If there's a playoff,
0: which I think they will be. <laughs> now would also be a time to just really kind of tighten up the, the bowl game picture, get rid of Bananas. Bi- oh, no, 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 <laughs> no,
3: no, 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 no. They need more. In fact, there are going to be three new games this year. I think there, the Andy there, has a game.
0: there, there would
2: be. The Andy, one
3: game? Andy has a game. Okay. Who else?
2: I, don't, I don't know. My, my, carry, my carrying on the 43 bowls went away when, you know, a global pandemic hit, hit, the, right. hit the country. Right. But I think. We need more balls. I think we just need college football. Well, that'd be good for teams that aren't playing. Safely, I think Uh, think
1: we need Big Ten football, and I think the Big Ten will do it all or nothing. I don't think there'll be teams given the opportunity to opt out and not play. I, I think that would be giving yourself a death penalty, yep. in my opinion. Yeah, we'll
3: pass. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: the, the Big Ten's already taken a, a massive hit to its reputation here over these last six weeks. And, and again, this all goes back to the fact, too, that if they just had not released a revised schedule, I don't think there would be near this, this uproar that there is. And also, too, if they would have taken the Pac-12 route and fully explained their decision right. to postpone the season instead of having Kevin Warren go on BTN, which is, I mean, the conference owns that TV network. Pravda. Then, uh, Dave Revstein did a very good job uh, in, in interviewing Kevin Warren and trying to press him for, right for more details, but Kevin Warren just wasn't forthcoming with that. And then since then, he's taken a major PR hit, and so has the conference as a result. And as you saw it play out on social media throughout the week, and you had several Illinois players and other Big Ten football players weigh in about how disheartening it was to see big-time college football being played, and Big Ten schools are left on the sidelines right now
0: i mean if the big 10 decides to start its season in mid-october which seems to be the the rumor of the day of the uh, hour yeah it, it's not going to be because there's been drastic changes in the state of the pandemic or you know maybe the ability for everyone to test as rapidly as possible in contract tracing it, it's going to be 100 percent fomo fear of missing out and that hit Saturday when the ACC and the Big Twelve played. I mean, you can BYU Army. I don't think stirred up a lot of feelings because BYU you, Navy. The BYU was supposed to play Army, and then oh, postponed. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, but, but BYU Navy. The first game played. BYU looked great, by the way. But I mean, like, who? Cares about that game on kind of a national stage. Wow. Other I'm than
3: sorry. Bob, I, I do. But, <laughs> but, but it, I watch games I would never watch normally.
0: It, it hit harder when the Big Twelve played and the ACC yeah, had conference games. That also included Notre Dame for this year only. But I mean, so they won't say it because they'll couch it in a phrase that says, "Oh well, we feel like we can move forward safely in terms of the health concerns for the players." And maybe they can, but it's the decision to come back is going to be entirely based on not missing out on this fall season. I let's, sl- let's
3: slightly sh- disagree with that.
2: Well, we, can, I, we can hold that point. We got a phone call Bob. sorry. Our mandatory one phone call a All week. right. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you never know we might get more than that. Go ahead, you're on the air.
3: Yeah, Scott Ritchie, I want to ask you about a question about uh, I talked to uh, Andy Katz this weekend and he was telling me about a guy that Illinois is recruiting really hard he could be a game-changer. He's from Missouri. I don't know what his name is, but you probably know. I want to ask you what you think the chances of the Illinois could get this guy. Andy Katz says he could be a real game-changer. He says he's a he's a big-time prize. And I'll listen to what your answer is.
1: Okay, thanks for the call. Probably talking about
0: Nesbitt. Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Nesbitt's the only player from the state of Missouri that I can think of off the top of my head. And There's a like, lot
2: of high school basketball players in the state of Missouri. So
0: the, yeah. But the only one with an Illinois offer, which sure. sort of kind of process of the,
2: elimination. Yeah. It's um, like guess who The to the game, you know, the board game. Uh, yeah, I don't no know the,
3: idea what that is, but I do.
0: The I mean, Illinois is not out of the picture for Jordan Nesbitt, but the consensus is he's going to stay home and play for Travis Ford at St. Louis. So, uh, it's maybe another miss on a guy. Potentially, he hasn't he won't commit until October 1st, but and so he says.
1: He's down to three, apparently?
0: He'll be down to three on Thursday. Okay. I mean, you, you got to draw out the recruitment Oh, yeah, you got to build that up. <laughs> build up the hype. And, uh, but odds are, he picks St. Louis, but it's recruitment. You never know. Maybe Illinois has, you know, uses the next couple weeks to change his mind, but it's looking like another miss for a guy that they had on campus at the end of this past season. Uh, sort of like Brandon Weston, who committed to Seton Hall and Also, David Jones, who committed to DePaul. So, I mean, it's probably not good news for Illinois coming, but, again, you just never know until, well, that letter of intent is signed.
1: That was on my list of basketball things to talk about, so we'll cross that off and get to more basketball stuff as we move along. And, Bob, you were going going to say before the call?
3: Do you remember? What were we talking about? (laughs) You were disagreeing with this ago, Bob. I I get a bad memory. Uh, We were disagreeing. I was saying... The Big Ten has made a advancement in terms of testing, large part because of Illinois. I think Marty Burke and the work that he's done there, I wrote about this for a while, that put them in the ball game a little bit. I think it helped. There's other other places doing a lot of testing, but I think I heard somebody say Illinois is doing 4% of the testing in the country Is of the University of Illinois. That's crazy. First of all, it means not, everybody else is not doing enough. But the fact that Illinois is so involved in that, that makes it possible and yeah, but i that, think that's that was, just illinois there's 13 other schools that, that aren't testing at they're that, gonna that have, level. they're going they're going to help each other they're going to all come up with something it seems to be. Uh, apparently the couple of the schools involved are doing this or can do this cuz
2: there's if anything over the last 6 weeks, it's the big ten has show that it agrees uh, no, it, it's but easy I mean, it's easy to come to consensus among all parties
3: involved in the ten i big think tennis. scientists love to share I, I believe that and i think illinois has got got some sort of Patent or something, pending on this whole deal. So they're going to—they're going to. This is going to be a good thing for Illinois. But I think they're going to—if you—it has to be cooperative. It Can't happen without that. And I think the Big Ten will try to put every effort into making sure everybody has the same ability. Illinois was doing nine tests a week. That's enough, okay? I—I I mean, it's not perfect because somebody—somebody's going to get sick. But it's going to be pretty hard if you're doing daily tests and. Uh, it would be pretty easy to keep that under control.
4: So. Let's
1: go back to the phones. got another caller here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Go
4: ahead, you're on the air. Hey, Steve, uh, guys. Um, Steve, a couple weeks ago on Saturday, um, I guess about 10 days ago, you were talking about the top 50 Illinois football players. But the, there was one guy not mentioned that I don't understand why nobody mentioned and that was kit kurt kittner i mean he he you know is a, the virtual tie for all time passing yards he uh wipes the floor as far as uh 70 touchdown passes so i mean he might you might not say he's the best of all the quarterbacks but he's got to be mentioned
1: Well, I don't disagree with that. Um, But the the guys that I put on the team at quarterback, I'm I'm digging for it now. I don't don't have it on the top of my head. But uh, certainly he would be uh, mentioned as one of the great players in Illinois history. But you're talking about guys like uh, Jack Trudeau, Tony Easton, Jeff George. Those are the three quarterbacks I picked. Um, And you can make a case for Kurt. I totally agree with you there. But I just happen to think if I had to pick three quarterbacks – those are the three that I would pick and I love Kirk Kidner. He's a great friend and and you make a good case for him. What do you think, Bob?
3: I I, I agree that he's really good and he'll eventually be in a schools hall of fame. I be Based on the fact that he was, they don't go, they don't win the Big Ten in 2001 without Kurt Kidner, And he had a really good career, and as Quarrell pointed out, it's really good in uh, important categories. And he played in the NFL a little bit. So, yeah, I think he's you know, the guys that Steve named, obviously, Jeff George, is first pick in the draft, and had a great career here, albeit short. And Trudeau and Easton, it's hard to argue with those guys either. They're all, and I put Nathan Schielhaus in there too, medals yeah, of course sure. you do. But I would put him, if he maybe picked. Five, he'd certainly be in the top five.
1: What I did, Carl, was put together a basically a forty-man roster. So I elected to take three quarterbacks, five running backs, blah blah blah, and uh, so that's how that came out. And it's, it, that kind of stuff's fun to talk about and argue about.
4: Yeah, I, I it's just I don't know. I'm very protective of Kit, you know, because he's. Uh, the two closest guys in touchdown passes are uh, Trudeau and uh, Nathan Shieldhouse, and they're 15 touchdown passes behind him. So, good stuff. So I've always thought that was impressive. What else is on your mind, Carl? Anyway, well, have a good night, guys. All right. Okay, thanks, thanks Carl. Carl. We
3: appreciate the call. Kurt, Kurt, hi. Bye. Kurt will say this, too. He had a great talent run, too. Kurt did. Kurt had great talent run. Great receivers, great running backs, yep. and a great offensive line. So it really helped.
1: Let's go back to the phones and say hi to Steve. You're on Monday Night Sports Talk. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, this was for Bob. I read on the, my phone where he mentioned the name Bill Brown, who played at the Vikings and played for Illinois back in sixty sixty one, And I just wondered why he's not mentioned with one of the greats of Illinois, but yet he had a great pro career. And when you think he'll make the Illinois Hall of Fame now
3: that he's deceased? Yeah, that's a great question. You're right. He played with three or four Super Bowls. Three? Then maybe four. No, he played in three because he missed one. They made four, but I think he only played in three of them. He had a great career, and obviously really good, and he was really strong here, too. Um, again, I think down the road he's got to be a guy you can consider, certainly. There's a lot. Here's the problem. I think Ken Brown said this a number of times. Illinois has got a hundred X number of years to put into this Hall of Fame. They're way kinda not behind, but they just started theirs later in the other schools. So Michigans had theirs for X number of years, so is Ohio State. Illinois's got a lot of making up to do. So the first couple of classes and first three I think I guess they're on four. A lot of stars. And you're gonna it's gonna take a while to get the Kittners and Bill Browns, but I think over time they will be honored and they should be honored. And You've got room, I think they're going to gradually limit their classes, right? Maybe down to 10 this year or whatever. I think at some point you guys to say, make sure you get everybody in there that deserves to be in, and then you're going to have more people climbing. Now, oh, here's my spot to argue, Mike Small. And, you know, so, and Stevie is going to can be there, I think, on this. they got to change the rules a little bit so they make Mike Small eligible. But Bill Brown definitely down the road will be in, should be. Anything
4: else, Steve? How's this? Well, I just wondered how's his career stand up in Illinois, like against Jim Grabowski and some of the other running backs? Because Bill Brown's pro career was sure better than Grabowski's and some of the others.
3: Yeah, I think Jim Grabowski's numbers at Illinois are better, quite a bit better. He Had a couple thousand yards seasons, obviously playing the Rose Bowl team. Uh, so he his numbers are really good. You're right, though. He, I, I was surprised. I always thought Jim had like a 15 year career in the NFL, and it turns out he had like five, five or six years, right? most of the Packers in a year with the Bears. So I was surprised by that. But, yeah, I think uh, Jim's numbers at Illinois are better, much better than Bill Brown's. But Bill Brown, again, that's the area with, you know, the numbers aren't quite as great in terms of, you know, scoring all, all the points you're scoring, the games of you know, fewer plays, all that kind of stuff. But Bill Brown was obviously a great, great, great pro. Well,
4: thank you. And I just don't want his name to be forgotten.
1: All right, Steve, thanks. Appreciate the call. 527, Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll keep the phone lines open if you'd like to join us. EIU Athletic Director Tom Michael will join the uh, conversation after this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS with you until 6 o'clock. Matt Daniels is here. Bob Osmussen is here. Scott Ritchie as well. Yours truly, Steve Kelly. Until 6, baseball action underway up in Milwaukee. The Cardinals and the Brewers are playing a doubleheader. That's uh, going to sound familiar. Very true. In the days ahead, they're playing five games in three days against the Brewers and then they've got five more to play against Milwaukee in St. Louis over the next week or two. As the season winds down, Cardinals are 20-20. and So they've got theoretically 20 more games to try to get in and we'll see if that happens but no score in that ball game in the fifth inning. Happy to welcome as always to our program Tom Michael, the athletic director at Eastern Illinois University. Tom, uh, good afternoon, good evening, how are you?
5: I am excellent guys, good evening, how are you all?
1: We're hanging in there as uh, everybody's trying to do these days, get us an update on What's going on down in Charleston, down at Eastern? I spoke to some guys that uh, are friends of your program in, in the last 10 days or so, and we were talking about uh, increased enrollment there. Get us updated on that at EIU.
5: Well, certainly uh, any kind of positivity that, that can come out of, of where we're all at right now is, is a big deal. And and um, our enrollment was up um, this this year when we had our 10 day census, uh, count, which, you know, in regards to everything that's going on and and certainly where we have been at historically over the last uh, 10 years or so, um, to be able to continue the positive momentum in that regard, uh, has been excellent and a credit to president glassman and, and the admission staff that we have here at EIU to continue to build that even through just unprecedented times.
2: Tom, what's it been like for you in in your tenure down there at EIU in in terms of you entered as AD and and dealt with a budget situation almost immediately that that kind of, you know, affected attendance and enrollment and also just the school's overall reputation? And how have you just adapted to that throughout your time there? And, And how have you and your coaches just been able to handle that maybe from a recruiting standpoint more than anything?
5: Yeah, those those certainly are challenges matt and um it's it's not anything that that you would um you would prefer to walk into if you had a crystal ball and said hey this is what the next six years are going to be like um uh that wouldn't be ideal but you know what our approach has has been and you know i'm just i'm blessed that that probably a lot of it had to do with you know, whether it was playing for Coach Henson, certainly being raised um, in an environment that, that looked at things positively, working for Ron for 15 years and always trying to find the positive of, of our situations. Um, that's just how we've approached it, Matt, and that's what we've tried to encourage our coaches to do is, is no matter what the situations are, is, is to look at it and figure out how we can be better because of it. Um, I know that I'm a, I'm a much better athletic director, um, based on, on the adversity that we faced and, and have gone about it. And we, we've continued to try to move the needle forward in a lot of different ways, feel like we've got a great staff in place. Um, our student athletes understand what, what our culture needs to be about, what our mission and vision is. So, uh, as challenging as, as the times have been. Um, we've just tried to approach it it's the same thing with this pandemic you know is how do we come out of this who knows when the back end of it is going to be but how do we come out better than than when we got into it and and we have found some ways to do that and um, we just have to keep keep pressing on and and making sure that we do that as as this continues to to impact us in a lot of different ways
0: well and tom I mean you know matt mentioned that you know, there were some Financial uncertainties for you know, the athletic department there at EIU uh, because of all of the state budget issues. You know, back when you, you know, first kind of took over the job, and, and now there's probably some more financial uncertainties because uh, the OVC is, you know, pushed back uh, all of its fall sports. And I mean, there's really no telling when winter or spring sports will, will pick up again, uh, at least not for, for any certainty. Just did the first set of those experiences maybe help you to handle kind of what you're going through now?
5: Yeah, I think so, uh, Scott. Just simply, simply from the standpoint of, you know, um, this one doesn't feel, um, from what we're doing based on the experiences that and the tough decisions that we had to make four years ago, four and a half years ago, um, this one doesn't seem nearly as, as dramatic, if you will. And, and it is for sure there's a there's a lot of issues that we have to work through but but going through that process before certainly has helped and um you know we're just we're trying to make sure that we're great stewards of of the institution um and represented in a way that you know three years ago dr glassman um asked me to cut 23 scholarships out of our allotment which isn't easy and obviously impacts or can have an impact on our competitiveness uh, with some of our different teams. Uh, But we looked at that again and said, okay, this is what we need to do over the next couple years. And what we've actually done is increased our student athlete enrollment by 10% um, as well. So we've really challenged our coaches to say, you know, I know the times are tough, but here's how we can also help by increasing our enrollment with our student athlete population. Um, Still trying to maintain that student athlete experience uh, that is really the core and funda- fundamental value of of who we are, so you know there's there's a lot of making sure that we're in alignment with the institution and and have a good relationship with university administration too.
3: Tom, this is Bob Osperson. How's uh, coach Cushing doing?
5: Well um, you know it's it's uh it's September fourteenth um, we should be getting ready for our third. Third game at this point in time, Bob. So, you know, I think like any football coach, um, you know, or anybody in college athletics for that matter, um, there's there's a lot of um, maybe internal struggles with, hey, what should I be doing? Um, but I'll tell you that that the relationship that Adam and I have, we are we are lockstep with each other on how we have to approach this, um, whether that's. How he's changed the culture of the program in a year and a half um, to what we're trying to do academically, the type of student-athlete that we're trying to bring in for the football team, to how we're trying to prepare these these young men to um, to really tackle being football players at the Division One level, and so um, he's anxious. He's anxious. Um, we feel like we've made a lot of strides from last year to this point, and you know, but we also approach it in a in a way that says we can only control what we can control. And right now the OVC has said, we're gonna play our conference season in the spring. And so now how do we use September, October, November, December, part of December to get ready to play and whatever that means to um, to have the biggest impact for success for our football program. So he's been, um, he's been great to work with. I'm, I'm proud to have him uh, part of our staff and and doing the
0: things that he's doing for our for our football program. Well, Tom, there's been athletic departments you know across the country at all levels that have already made the decision to cut some sports you know moving forward as a a way to kind of maybe not fix the finance financial picture, but but help it. Uh, how much do you sort of have to? Argue both sides a little bit where, you know, a lot of the sports being cut are not the high scholarship count sports and maybe, you know, those student athletes who are, you know, paying their own way, you know, can have a a better impact on maybe the bottom line if they're actually on campus than, than if those sports are cut. Where, Where do you kind of fall in that where you have to balance what's right for maybe the athletic department, but also make a case that, you know, what the athletic department can do for the university as a whole?
5: Yeah, it's it's a it's a really good point um, Scott it's it's um, it's something that that dr. Glasson and I talk about um, frequently uh, and that's when I mentioned earlier about where our student athlete population uh, is right now um, and it's certainly as high as it's ever been since I've been at EIU and and, and there's a reason for that as well so. Um, you know the university is, is certainly supportive of us uh, allowing opportunities for student athletes and having 20 sports um, there's challenges with that uh, but when when we look at what's important to the institution and and what um, what we can do to help with that overall piece um, that's that's part of that balancing act that that you described um, that is always um, a push and a pull um situation there that 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 we kind of get bounced around back and forth with and and my only um i guess or my main focus on that is is making sure that we maintain uh a student athlete experience that that is positive when our student athletes leave with the degree in their hand they're prepared to be successful when they leave and most importantly that that we're able to give our student athletes back better than we got them uh, that's a fundamental principle that, that I talk with our coaches about constantly uh, um, that as good as those young adults may have come into our program uh, in four or five years or whatever time we have with them, we've got to give them back better. And, and if that starts to waver in any way, uh, then I think that's when we really have to start, start talking about um, the experience and, and whether or not we need to continue to do that.
1: Another couple of minutes with Tom Michael, the athletic director at EIU. We should learn uh, something more about uh, college basketball this week on Wednesday, perhaps on when that might start. What are your feelings on that? Uh, what's your gut feeling tell you?
5: Well, I think I think all the all the indications certainly are leaning to somewhere maybe the twenty first, something like that, as to when we'll start playing basketball games um you know there's there's going to be some increased testing with that um i think that the recommendation will be that we'll need to test three times a week so there's some things that that everybody has to work out with with that concept um but you know i think everybody is is anxious as we've seen some college football um get going here the last two weekends and certainly ramped up this week uh I think everybody's anxious to to try to get some things done. We're all dealing with um, what it's like on campus with having students, with our student athletes interacting with the general population, going to classes and stuff, and um, and there's there's ebbs and flows with that in different ways. And you know what what I've really tried to talk to, particularly uh, Jay Spooner and Matt Ballant about. Um as they're the, the next sport that will get participating is you know, we talk about bubbles and if we can protect our basketball bubbles as best we can and, and if we can figure out ways to to stay healthy uh and not have individuals miss games then then it's it's pretty obvious that, that we have a better chance to be successful, um, not only with playing more games, but you know, if we do a good job of that. And, and others maybe aren't as fortunate, um, then we play at full strength. So just trying to convince our kids about how important it is to, to really manage manage their time away from the gym is, is as big a concern that we all have. And, and if we can avoid positive tests and then the contact tracing that usually tags uh, a few more, um, then we might have a chance. So uh, that's sometimes a difficult message to get through to uh 18 to 21 22 year olds but um it's something that that we're constantly working
2: on tom how realistic do you think it would be for a basketball program like eiu to participate in a bubble type environment in terms of actually leaving campus and going to a different location where there's a bunch of other teams there just from a logistical standpoint uh planning standpoint financial standpoint at all uh you know this winter
5: I think the financial piece is is the one that's just going to to really make that um essentially um very impractical for us to do. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think I think logistically, uh, I think the OVC is you know, has already looked at things at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville and mm-hmm you know they haven't had a thing playing there uh and they're very welcoming but then you look at hotels and meals and things doing that for a two three week plus Mm -hmm. period of time it just it doesn't become practical in in those regards and and you know as long as we're having face-to-face classes i think that there's something about this collegiate this amateur Mm -hmm. this um your student athlete aspect that says man, we need to, we need to to be doing classes um, and let's not lose sight of that piece as well. So I know that there's going to be some, some conferences, uh, certainly that, that have the financial means to do some of those things that can help guarantee some of that. But, you know, I also look at our football program who we've had on campus since the middle of July and um you know knock on wood they've done a a pretty good job with 110 guys Mm -hmm. uh in that environment to where we've gotten that down to to where it's it's pretty good and i would like to think as we continue to get through this with our with our two basketball programs that that we can create that that sense here and all the things that we're trying to do Uh, every day with all of our student-athletes will help provide that environment as well.
1: Tom Michael, we always appreciate uh, catching up with you. Thanks for taking time with us, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon.
5: Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great evening. You too. Thanks, Tom.
1: Tom Tom Michael, the athletic director at Eastern Illinois University. It's getting late, early in Milwaukee. (laughs) No score in the sixth inning of the 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 uh,
2: race to find out who can score
1: first. Right. First, uh, the sixth inning of a scheduled doubleheader. Of course, these doubleheader games are seven innings, but it's scoreless in the top of the sixth one-out Cardinals with two men on base. Cubs are off tonight. The White Sox have a big series starting uh, tonight on the south side against Minnesota. The Sox are 30-16, and have a one-game lead over the Twins, so that'll be interesting. Need to take a break? We'll do that. And be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS after this. Welcome back to the show. Monday Night Sports Talk rolling towards 6 o'clock. It is 5.51 right now. Pleasant 73 degrees. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Thanks to Tom Michael for spending some time with us. Scott Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmissom with you, along with yours truly, Steve Kelly. What's new in the high school scene in the state of Illinois?
2: Yeah, the uh, HSA uh, had some encouraging news uh, that they've released within the last hour or so. They had a a regularly scheduled uh, virtual board meeting, as all meetings are in in 2020 now. But uh, they uh, had some newsy items come out of it, uh, kind of the one- pertaining to kind of upcoming winter spring and summer seasons are that there used to there used to be a two-game limit restriction on how many events or or games that that teams could play well that is no longer the case they've waived that uh, restriction so that's encouraging news and then also uh, the summer season which was brought about back in late july when they modified their calendar in the sports in the summer season now which has never been the case it's always been fall winter spring but those are you know baseball softball Boys and girls track and field, uh, girls soccer, boys tennis locally, uh, their seasons are now lengthened by two weeks. Uh, they were supposed to start practices on May 3rd, and then their season was going to end on June 26th with kind of the prevailing thought that May 17th was going to be kind of the start of, of actual competition. Well, now practices are going to start on April 19th with the uh, indication that games and events can start on May 3rd. So it gives them two more weeks to compete, and uh, you know that's good news, especially for a lot of those athletes who missed out on their season since last spring when the pandemic just started and, and forced the entire cancellation of the spring sports so those are kind of the big big news items out of the IJSA board meeting today
1: as we mentioned we'll hear something about uh, college basketball middle of the week and in the meantime we're as we get closer to uh, the month of October some power ratings Scott Ritchie are starting to come out by some of the folks across the country there was one today that had uh, a look at the Big Ten with Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois in that order.
0: Start the start the disrespect? now.
1: Yeah, have a little bulletin board <laughs> material there, perhaps.
0: Well, and then that came from John Rothstein, who's been very positive about his feelings for Illinois basketball in this coming season. Um, I think Illinois' ceiling is probably higher than Iowa and Wisconsin, um, but I can see how you could make a case for the other two teams. Iowa, of course, got Luka Garza back, who was essentially the runner-up for National Player of the Year this past season. Um, Jordan Bohannon will be healthy. Patrick McCaffrey will be healthy. And um, he's also at least considered to be maybe a better player than his older brother. So, I mean, that's another four-star former recruit that they can add to the mix. Um, But then essentially also kind of running it back. uh, Joe Wieskamp will return. uh, C.J. Frederick, Joe Toussaint.
2: Thinking of of Iowa, Illinois, and you know the the world that we live in now, and even if there aren't fans, when those two teams meet, uh, I've I'm a TV producer. I'm miking up several of those players <laughs> throughout the game and making sure the dump button is the the guy operating that is on high alert.
0: I mean, I think the two you mic up for sure are Demonte Williams and Connor McCaffrey because yeah. they they might have a little unfinished business from the last time they saw each other uh, when Demonte was. Nose to nose, face but, to face. Well, well if we'll you do
2: out. that now in the twenty twenty one college basketball twenty 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 one college basketball season, does a player have to get a mask from the bench at all? And like you've seen in baseball a few times, and the managers, <laughs> the managers come out and argue. And my favorite too is like when David Bell, the Reds manager, who's always seems to be out talking to the Umps pretty much every game, his mask starts to go below his nose, and he always pulls it up <laughs> halfway through.
5: Yeah,
0: five. With, go ahead. I was just saying, in Wisconsin also. It's essentially the same team. Right. From a year ago, that, yeah, that was tied that for the Big title. Yeah, I mean, well, it's because nothing they do is flashy or right. fun, but they win a lot of basketball games. That's fun.
1: Five fifty-six. Need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with more after this. Welcome back to the show. About a minute or so left here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Cue the music. Matt Daniels. What? Uh, are some of the things you guys are working on this week?
2: Well, uh, Scott Ritchie here is going to be writing his heart's content out this week. Uh, he's got a feature coming up on uh, former Illini Brian Randall, who now is an assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns, and then he's going to dive into Illinois basketball
3: recruiting throughout the week as well. What about you, Bob? I think it'll be a writing about Big Ten football. We could just guess that.
1: Hopefully, we'll get that vote. Didn't even talk about the Bears. Your Chicago Bears.
2: You're 1-0 Chicago yeah. Bears.
0: Uh, I mean, they Your won. Super Bowl
2: 55 sure. champion Chicago but, uh, Bears.
0: I think the, the three-fourths of the game where Mitch Trubisky was the Mitch we all expect. Still, that's
2: not how you start. It's how you finish, Scott. Uh, Just I, like
0: this show. Yeah, maybe not.
1: All right, guys. Appreciate finish it. Thanks strong. for listening, everybody. Thanks, we'll talk to you guys next week here on Monday Night Sports Talk on WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly for all the crew. Have a good evening, everybody.